Welcome to the Modern Cloister, where we cultivate deeper thinkers and worshipers through conversations about the Christian life, in the same spirit as the community conversations that took place during the Reformation at the Black Cloister, the former monastery and home of Martin Luther and his wife, Katharina von Bora. Today, we're continuing our series on the Psalms, and in this second part of the Psalm series, we're spending some time talking about the individual genres and types of Psalms, while also reading through and talking about specific Psalms within those genres. Now, as you've likely heard us already mention, if you've been joining us for this journey, there are multiple ways to categorize the different types of Psalms. Theologians and scholars over the years have come up with their own categories, and there can range anywhere from 5 to 12 different categories on average. And so for the sake of our discussions, we've really landed on about eight of those. But there's multiple ways to do it. So, you know, this isn't a hard and fast rule, but for the sake of our discussion, we found it helpful to do that. And even in those eight categories, we're grouping them into pairs of two for themes that tend to go together. Those themes, as a review, are praise and thanksgiving, lament and confession, confidence and remembrance, and wisdom and kingship. But before we dive into our our genres today, which are going to be confidence and remembrance, we do want to spend just a minute reviewing some of the reasons why the Psalms are important for all believers to practice in their daily life. The Psalms are really one of the best examples we have of the intersection between thinking and worshiping within the Christian life. They shape our theology, they influence our worship, and they are hugely influential within the church from a standpoint of corporate and private prayer and worship. The word psalm simply means praise, and at its very basic, the book of Psalms is a collection of songs and prayers that have been used by the church throughout history. They're important because they have shaped how we commune together and how we relate to God. And they offer to us as believers a full range of all the emotions that you would experience throughout the Christian life. If you're with us for the first one or two of these, we talked about praise and thanksgiving and all the way into lament and confession, which at its very basic shows all of some of the the initial entry points that you can come into into communion with God. And so we're going to continue that by talking today specifically about the genre of confidence and remembrance psalms, which are similar but do have a little bit of variation to them. So Kevin, kick us off by introducing the confidence psalm. What is it? How do we think about it? Sure. So both confidence and remembrance, broadly speaking, are still still praise songs. Um, you get you get some, uh, perhaps that would just be some of the general historical ones, or, or maybe a confession here or there in the remembrance, um, remembering your covenant, that sort of thing. But it's it's like you said a minute ago. It, it's good to remember all all of the psalms are praise. That's what psalm means. So they're all going to have some sort of praise aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, we already went through uh, praise and thanksgiving, where we focus on praise for who God is and then what he's done, and we're actually going to narrow it down today for confidence and remembrance. So for confidence, it's about uh, looking forward with our trust in God. So it's confidence in God's goodness, uh, his power, his provision. Uh, so it's something that's going to be forward-looking, and, and can, that can be messianic, that can be uh, just the glory of God. And it's uh, sometimes we have some of these and some laments like we talked about, uh, last time where you know you put your plea to help for God and you know you have your answer uh, because you have confidence right mm-hmm. in God's power so of course that's obviously mixed in with a lot of praise too like we said uh, so good examples of that are going to be Psalms like 11, 16, 23 obviously has some aspects in there uh, 27, 62, 91, 121, 125, and 131 so take a little tangent real quick if we can absolutely uh there are actually three groupings within the psalms that completely stand out and are used still today by observant jews for festivals 
And we're actually, I think we're going to hit two of those today. I can't see my notes entirely. But one of them is what's called the Songs of Ascent. And they start at 120 and go through 134. And as I said a minute ago, 121, 125, 131 are great examples of this confidence. But all of them have some confidence mm-hmm. in this. And uh, scholars are kind of torn on the two different ways they would be used. One would be pilgrims. Okay, so we're talking about the three festivals where everyone takes the pilgrimage. This would be Passover, you know, Christ would have sang these and, mm-hmm. and recited these with the disciples as they journeyed to Jerusalem. So they think pilgrims recited them all uh, as they're leading up the road. And um, and you'll see a lot of the geographical notes in there mm-hmm. because they talk about raising your eyes, looking at the hills, because, of course, Jerusalem is on a hill. It, you know, it's a, it's a hilly city. You come up a road, but on top of that, the temple is on top of the highest point there. Mm-hmm. So it, it's a real... Like confident, like we're looking forward to God, and you could be, you know, quite a distance away. Mm-hmm. The other way they thought is actually the priest would have sung these or chanted these, um, ascending the steps. So of course you have confidence in God as you send the steps to His presence, mm-hmm. right? It's a cool visual, it, right? Yeah. So yeah, you really kind of, and you think about that as the canons, like you're just walking and you're reciting these with the disciples. And um, I found a picture, and I don't know where it is now, but it's. I believe it's a. I think it's still there today. It's an inscription of the Songs of Ascent, or at least the main ascent psalm, that is outside the gate of Jerusalem still today. Because I think that would lead towards the idea that pilgrims did. And, and as, as I've read the literature, I think that's where it goes. So I think, yeah, you, you would just come up. You'd be coming to the presence. You'd be coming to the Passover. You'd be coming to the temple. And like, what else could build your confidence more than that, right? So. I think a really good example of that is this, and, and you'll see you'll see the imagery. Just think you're coming up a hill and you're coming towards the temple in the city. This is Psalm 121. I look up to the mountains. Does my help come from there? My help comes from the Lord, who made the heavens and the earth. He will not let you stumble and fall. The one who watches over you will not sleep. Indeed, he who watches over Israel never tires and never sleeps. The Lord himself watches over you. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shade. The sun will not hurt you by day and the moon at night. The Lord keeps you from all evil and preserves your life. The Lord keeps watch over you as you come and go, both now and forever. So, I mean, you see there the shade, because, of course, this is an arid, you know, desert climate. It's quite warm. And, of course, the, your foot won't stumble as you're walking along the road. You could see how this would stick in your mind mm-hmm. physically as you're walking and reciting these. So I think that's a really interesting kind of side note tangent about confidence is these these songs of ascent. And um, you have another great example, Psalm 16. It's not one of the ascent, but it's... It's uh, not one of the ascent, but it is, but it is in, in that same vein of confidence psalms. And what, what struck me a lot as you were reading was the the ever-present nature of God in that too mm-hmm. as a as a reason for confidence. The fact that he, he never sleeps, never slumbers, is always present. And and I loved that imagery. And I, in, in thinking through some of the ones that we looked at in preparing for this and thinking through what we would share, I think that's one of those those themes that is, is present in a lot of the confidence psalms because mm-hmm. we have confidence because of God's ever-present nature, that his goodness is at all times. It's not like it happens here and then it happens again later. It's at all times. In that, I'm going to go ahead and read a piece of Psalm 16, which is one that I have really enjoyed in thinking of the the Psalms in the confident genre. And and this one is slightly different than the one that Kevin just read. It is not necessarily one that's read from, you know, the ascent standpoint, but it does have some really neat imagery that places you within that confidence in God. So let me read. 
Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, You are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. A few of the pieces in here that really that really stuck out to me as we were thinking of, of what piece of this really is a confidence portion. I, I love this imagery of, of the chosen portion and my cup that you hold my lot. I think as Christians that's one of the areas we have a hard time with and being accepting of of the lot that we're given in life, but this this psalm calls us into a trust that surpasses our understanding. That the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Points to the goodness of Christ as the one who fully provides all that we need. Um, earlier in the psalm, saying that apart from you, I have no good thing. And then later, this image of setting the Lord always before me, and having that to what Kevin said earlier, that forward-looking view of God's goodness and. Um, and his faithfulness and on all of those pieces. And I think that that is, is then present at the very end as it talks in that forward motion about how, you know, at your right hand are pleasures forevermore, which points to, you know, our, our promise to be with God, Christ for all eternity, and that, that everlasting promise that is the place from which we can have the most confidence in God's goodness. And I just really love that one. Yeah, I think if you're getting kind of thrown off with the word confidence, I think hope is another That's is another a good way good to put thing it, yeah. Because... I mean, I mean, just just listen to these words. Like, who won't cause me to stumble? Like, who who brings me to dwell? Like, that's mm-hmm. again. It. Yeah, I don't want to keep saying the same word as I said. If confidence is a strange <laughs> word, but like, yeah. that's you're putting your hope in the Lord. But but it, it is stronger than in some ways mm-hmm. because it's not it, it's not an uh, what would be the word? It, it it's a sure hope. Like mm-hmm. we, we know. Yeah. And I think that's that's where the confidence is. We know. We have salvation in God. We know we can trust in the Lord. And that should bring you hope during times of trouble. And I think that's why we, we get a lot of this in Psalms, because that hope brings you for confession. That It, it brings you to praise and thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And you can lament because you do have the hope. So it's very, uh, like we've been saying, it's kind of a forward-looking. But the opposite of that would be Psalms of remembrance. Yeah, well, and, and opposite's probably a strong word. Ah, it's true. In a sense, it's... In a directional sense, maybe it's it's opposite because they're more looking backwards, yeah, but they also point. point you forward as mm-hmm. well. So it's not so much an opposite. But I know we we paired some of these that are you right. know and talk about them in that in that sense. But a, a psalm of remembrance almost can build your confidence in a, in the forward motion. But a, the remembrance psalms are ones that look backwards and remember God's faithfulness, goodness, provision, in the same ways that we just talked about. But things that have already happened either in, from the individual perspective or to Israel from that community, holy nation perspective. And they point to those things that have happened in the past as reasons for our current comfort and our future hope. So, so songs of remembrance almost turn into psalms of confidence because of their very nature. And so they, they do work together, but there is kind of a, a dividing point in our mind of what they are. So a lot of, a lot of what you see in these 
as far as the the narrative and storytelling element point to things like the exodus out of Egypt as one of these shining examples of God's faithfulness to his people, the establishment of the Davidic covenant and things of that nature. So it's reminding you of, of God's faithfulness. And these are incredibly important to us today because as believers, one of the things I think we often get caught up in is forgetting that sin at its most foundational level is simply forgetting God in our day to day. It's Of course, it's, you know, actual Um, sins of action, but it's also just, as you see throughout the entire Old Testament and much of the New Testament, it's just a forgetting of God's provision and going your own way and doing what's right in your own eyes and pursuing Mm. your own own endeavors and creating idols because you forget the one who has delivered you, the one that has saved you. And so the way you, the way you keep yourself from forgetting is by remembering. It's a simple concept, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's the place of these Psalms is no, remember. And you know, there's, there's a huge culture, um, of oral history throughout the history of the world and passing down stories so that people remember where they came from. And that's part of this essentially is remember, 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 so you don't forget. And so some examples of what those, um, a couple of Psalms that those would point to would be Psalms like 77, 78, um, 105, 106, 132, 136, um, a couple other ones in there. But from that, we're going to read one or two because I think that it it makes a little more sense when you actually hear it out loud. So I'm going to read a little bit from Psalm 105, which is one that I really like in this genre. And its subtitle in, in the Bible that I'm reading right here is, Tell of All His Wondrous Works. And it reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wondrous works. Glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord in his strength and seek his presence continually. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he uttered. O offspring of Abraham, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen one. He is the Lord our God, his judgments judgments are in all the earth. He remembers his covenant forever, the word that he commanded for a thousand generations. The covenant that he made with Abraham, his sworn promise to Isaac, which he confirmed to Jacob as a statute to Israel, as an everlasting covenant, saying to you, I will give the land of Canaan as your portion for an inheritance. When they were few in number, of little account, and sojourners in it, wandering from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another people, he allowed no one to oppress them. He rebuked kings on their account, saying, Touch not my anointed ones, do my prophets no harm. When he summoned a famine on the land and broke all supply of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. And this continues on for quite a few more verses, and I'm not going to read them all, but you can start to see where it's going. It starts with this calling of remember, 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 and then lists all of the things that we should be remembering and puts context around them to remind the reader, God is faithful. Remember the thing so that you can have that future confidence and hope, which I think is really a, a really neat aspect of the Psalms, which is a newer one for me. I was, you know, I've always been familiar with praise and thanksgiving and mm-hmm. lament, but but the idea of a, a remembrance Psalm, I think, is a newer one for me, and and I I think they're they're just so important. So I don't know. Yeah, looking through the remembrance ones is is interesting. We we keep bringing up the quote from Luther about the Psalms being a mini Bible. Mm-hmm. You have. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? You have the Exodus. You have the deliverance from Pharaoh. You have the Jordan. You have the Canaanites. You have creation. And, and that's, those are the songs and ruins. That, mm-hmm. That's why we bring those up. And yeah. you, did you have something? 
Well, yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm like listening through. I mean, this is a long psalm, but I'm thinking like he talks about sending Moses and Aaron. He talks about all the signs that he, that he performed, turning waters into blood and the land swarming with frogs, like speaking back to all those things. Like he, he's specific in this psalm as he writes it. Like mm-hmm. the specificity, I think sometimes is, is what becomes so, so interesting. And talking about spreading a cloud for a covering and a fire to give light by night and all of these, these images that we, that we read throughout the Old Testament, it's just a recounting of them and from that storytelling aspect. And as you were talking, I was sitting here reading the rest of the um, the verses because it is it is long, but it just it, it's striking how specific they are too, which I think is worth noting. It's not just like remember his goodness. It's like no, it's it's this 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 and this right. and this and plus this and this and this and this and just goes sometimes. And I think the the building up of all of that is quite powerful. Yeah, it, it's important to remember these were written, and we say this all the time by real people in a real time mm-hmm. about a real book about real things that happen. Right. Yeah. So these are the songs of remembrance because ah. Uh, Paper just didn't really exist. You had scrolls, and that's what the Torah was on. But everyone could sing these psalms. They could do the songs of ascent. They could sing them before service. They could uh, sing them at festivals, um, which I guess is a good. If you you don't have anything else on 105, we have a second little tangent kind of thing here. Always with a tangent, but it's a good one. So, well, let's let's be honest. A little peek behind the curtain. This was going to be a short episode, so we, we stuck these two in here. Um, but they fit, though. They fit. They really do. So, yeah, so, just take it away. Keep, keep it going. <laughs> so there's another little, um, I guess, grouping of psalms that have a name, and it's Psalm 113 through 118 called the Hillel Songs. And, again, Hillel just means praise. So, again, we're throwing it off because praise is just used everywhere. It's also called the Egyptian Hillel um, because, again, it's the remembrance of the Exodus. And so these are actually recited still today. Um, by Jewish people on the three uh, major festivals. So again, that's going to include Passover, just like the others, uh, the Songs of Ascent. So what's interesting about this is we have in Matthew and maybe Mark or Luke, you get the idea though, that after their preparation meal or their Passover meal, whichever one it was, it says that Christ and the disciples sang psalms together these were what they were singing Mm -hmm. they were absolutely singing these last few songs and uh it's it's, again it's 113 through 118 and we mentioned this on our our uh last episode i guess we've mentioned in the past couple where the the steadfast love endures forever so i'm not going to read through all all of these but 113 kind of starts with a bit of a praise and then we go through some history Mm -hmm. right and then 118 is another one that ends in a praise with that refrain of the steadfast love of the Lord endures mm-hmm. forever, endures forever, endures forever. And that's where we would have closed. And that's when Christ and his disciples would have closed. They would have left and then gone to the Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. So this would have been their last, the last that people saw Christ till he was crucified would have been singing this song. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. 118 is quite long and isn't the best example, though. Uh, so I'm actually going to read 114. This is a good example of the remembrance. 114 starts with hallelujah again praise god when israel came out of egypt the house of jacob from a people of a strange speech judah became god's sanctuary and israel his dominion the sea beheld and fled jordan turned and went back the mountains skipped like rams and the little hills like young sheep what ailed you O sea, that you fled O jordan that you turned back you mountains that you skipped like rams you little hills like young sheep Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob, you who turn the hard rock into a pool of water, the flint stone 
from the flowing spring. So we had there the, the Jordan, what turned you back, you fled. That's obviously the parting, um, and the, or not the parting, the crossing of the Jordan. So mm-hmm. we're past Exodus, like the one that Chris read, and now we are entering the promised land. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, that's going to be saying, mm-hmm. because that that's the, the land that is so important for Jewish history and became, you know, in our tradition, important until the new covenant with Christ. It was no longer a land, but a person. Yeah. And I think, you know, from a, from a standpoint of, okay, so, so, so what? So we, we read these Psalms that are a remembrance Psalm and we think, okay, so that makes sense. I know my history. I know that God did this. They're a calling to both remember our history as part of God's people, of course. And that should call our souls into a place of reverence and awe and worship of God. But in a practical, immediate sense, they also call us to reflect upon our own lives and remember the points at which God was faithful to us Hmm. and be able to turn from that. And, you know, we talked about lament in our last episode and how they, for the most part, end with a place of hope. And so one of the things that often you find as part of the, the lament process that turns to hope is remembering God's faithfulness as that turning point. And so remembrance psalms show us a little bit of how to do that. And so whether it's remembering what happened to the Israelites and the exodus from Egypt and all of those things, while, while those are wonderful and we should do them and they should inspire and inform our worship and inform how we exist and live today, we can also say, here is where, you know, if you're going through a particularly rough time, where you're feeling like God is absent and things are not falling into place and things feel confusing or uncertain, to remind yourself to remember and to look back and say, God was faithful here and God was faithful here and God was faithful here. And some days it may feel like the only thing you can point to is your very salvation, but that is a place to turn and to go because that is the, the place from which to remember and to build and to and, and to live in from a place of, of that confidence. And I think that that's one of the immediate ways that you can apply it and more that the modern day-to-day sense for mm-hmm. a Christian believer too is that it's a calling to. I mean, and I've even done this at points along um, throughout my life. Is is marked certain ways that God has shown up and provided a particular kind of faithfulness or answered a prayer in a way so that I don't forget them. So that one day, if I'm reading back through a journal, I can see some of that and and remind myself of it when it feels like I'm grasping for some of those things, which I think is you know. No, I think that's good. I mean, that's I think that's clearly modeled. Here, here in the scriptures, there's all these things to remember. There's all the, um, I think Paul talks a little about remembering who, who calls you out of darkness into light. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, there's a lot of remembrance, obviously. it's People call it redemptive history. We're remembering God's intervention in the world mm-hmm. over all these years and now in our individual lives and, of course, still in the world providentially. But you know what I mean? As, as far as our relationship with him. Yeah. And so remembering the kind of the ups and downs, right, is, mm-hmm. is I think, important. And we keep saying that. We, we keep bringing it up. And I think that's been impactful for us over the past year of diving into the Psalms is these are these are all models. Of course, they're, they're the mm-hmm. Word of God. Um, so they're great for reading back, like you say, and, and getting getting us access. But you make a great point of it's also to model how we are to pray to God. So mm-hmm. I, think that's, I think that's a great point. I think that's a great exercise for people to do is, is look back when God has been faithful. Mm-hmm. And of course that helps build your confidence for him in the future. Yeah, That's a good point. Well, thanks. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We didn't well, even put that in the notes. <laughs> we didn't even so. put that in the notes. That was just one of those, those fun little things. So, um, well with that, we're going to wrap up mm-hmm. for the day. 
We hope that you enjoyed peeking into the world of confidence and remembrance psalms. If you enjoyed this and want to continue with us for the journey, we invite you to rate, review, and subscribe to The Modern Cloister so you get the episodes as soon as they are live. And we invite you to connect with us online. You can find us at moderncloister.com. Send us an email. We'd love your feedback. We love listener thoughts, comments, questions, suggestions for future topics, and just any story or insight that you may have as far as how how the Psalms have impacted you or anything else you want to share. We'd love to connect. So with that, see you next time. Bye.